0: First, I'd like to thank the Six Students Association for having me here. Uh, This is a great honour and sort of a deja of experience for me, and I can sympathise and appreciate the efforts of the executive in getting this conference organised. And I can also understand the crisis probably going on in the kitchen and the stage stage right now. But most of all, I'd like to congratulate the executive on coming up with a conference on a theme that I think needs discussion with our youth today. I believe that we, the sick youth, are at a crossroads. We're at a point where we're in danger of repeating the mistakes of our past. There's been great sick leaders, but there's also been some mistakes that have been made in our past by some sick leaders. And a lot of these mistakes are made because of flawed sick leadership, divisions, and serving of self-interest over serving the funds. I'll talk about some of these in a bit, but for now, all I'm going to say is that we need good sick leaders to avoid repeating history. So I want to talk a bit about what makes a good sick leader. I think the biggest mistake that we make in thinking about leadership is equating sick leadership to the Western concept of leadership. And I titled, named this a Western concept for lack of a better term. There's a lot of theories out there about what makes a great leader. There's a lot of leadership models out there. And I'm not going to sit here and quote those theories and models to you. But I do want to talk about a bit of the characteristics that these, all of these theories agree upon. So a good leader has a vision. He has a sense of where an organization is going, if it's an organizational leader. A good leader is revolutionary, so is not afraid to break away from the norm. A good leader has a high awareness of personal ethics, high energy, courage, inspires enthusiasm. And this is a really important one. Some of us might recognize this as charisma, but other people look at this leader and say, you know what, I want to follow the vision this leader is setting, or this person is a great leader and I respect this person. And that leads me to the next point. A great leader gains respect of all of his followers, has confidence, is assertive, and is a master of communication. So this refers to talking to people, negotiating, convincing, inspiring, and diffusing this A lot of our problems in our funds and a lot of the problems in organizations come from miscommunication. So a good leader will dispel those miscommunications, will work them out. And all leadership characteristics, all of these theories agree on the fact that leaders leaders are not always well liked, but they're always well respected by the majority. They have hard decisions to make. There's some decisions that leaders have to make that will affect their followers negatively. But what distinguishes a leader from a follower in this Western theory of leadership, is that these leaders are able to make these decisions. So what do these leaders achieve? They lead battles for racial equality. A great example is Martin Luther King Jr. They made per- personal sacrifices like Nelson Mandela, who transformed a model of racial division and oppression into a model of open democr- democracy. They revolutionize industries, such as Henry Ford, Bill Gates, or they take down the threat of Communism and dismantle the Soviet Union, such as Ronald Reagan. Finally, we have great leaders who have a lot of charisma. They might do things that a lot of people don't agree with, but something about them inspires people, such as Pierre Trudeau or Bill Clinton. And you may agree with me, or you might not agree with me, that these are great leaders. Most likely some of you are probably shaking your heads at some of the names that I've mentioned. But that's not the point. The point is that all of these leaders embodied at least some, if not all of the characteristics I've listed. So far, I've only given examples of world leaders. But whether you're leading an organization the size of the Six Students Association, or whether you're leading the United States of America. You're a leader. And in order to be a good leader, you have to embody these characteristics. And I understand having a poor leader for the United States of America would probably have more dire consequences than having a poor leader for the SSA. But my point is that these characteristics are apparent in any leadership role. And now you're probably wondering why I'm going on about what leadership is. I want to point out the differences there are in being a Sikh leader. Yes, a Sikh youth leader needs to have vision, ambition, charisma, and awareness of personal ethics, high energy, courage, and all of these other characteristics. But most importantly, a Sikh leader must always be a follower. In fact, a Sikh leader should be a follower first and a leader second. And I would even go as far as to say, in Sikkim, there is no real leader. We're all followers. We should lead, but ultimately we are not destined to be leaders in accordance with the Western theory. Think back to the world leaders I've mentioned. How many of them would you say would consider themselves to be followers? A A lot of them were influenced by people, a lot of them came about because in certain circumstances, but none of them would claim themselves to be followers, or their followers would say, no, they were leaders. A Sikh leader is humble, is modest, is of the highest character, has a high gusikhi jivan, and refers to the Guru, to the Sangat, and receives his orders from the Panjatiari. A Sikh leader doesn't think I want it done this way. You know, tough luck if no one wants it done this way. I think this is right. No, he goes in front of the Guru Saab, does a das, asks for guidance, and proceeds from there. The fact that a Sikh prays to Guru Saab before taking on any task should indicate that we are always followers. We're not to think of something and think, you know what, I can complete this without the grace of the Guru. Most of you are probably familiar with this Shabad, because it's sung before the Anand Karaj ceremony is started. But in reality, we should be repeating it before taking on any task. The shav is, Translating to whatever work you wish to accomplish, tell it to the Lord. He will resolve your affairs and the true Guru gives his guarantee of truth. The fact that we're guided to ask for a blessing before taking on any task shows that nothing is done without the will of God. Leaders believe that they are the ones with innovative ideas and movements. A Sikh leader believes that everything is the will of Vaheguru. If a Sikh should always be a follower, then the question comes to mind, why is it important to have Sikh leaders? We all follow Guru Sahib. We all defer to the opinion of the Sangat and we all receive guidance from the Pansyari. Why do we even need leaders? We have our guidance. We need leaders to head up our organizations, our Gurdwaras, and our panth as a whole. But most of all, we need leaders to lead others onto the path of Sikhi. The whole purpose of having Sikh leaders is if gurmukh is the main focus. Manmat is the will of the mind. We struggle with this every day and gurmukh is the will of the Guru. A Sikh leader will promote gurmukh instead of Manmat. Sikh leadership is not a popularity contest. It's not about self-serving interests and it is definitely not about gaining more power. It is simply and solely about exposing others to Sikhi, offering them an avenue away from the pitfalls that some youth experience. We need leaders to inspire our youth We need leaders to take our youth out of gangs, drugs, and also to take them away from some negative impacts of pop culture. We need leaders to give our youth a sense of purpose, to help them understand what life is about, to help them understand what our purpose is of being on this earth. We need leaders to unite the unnecessary divisions in our fund. I'm not asking for world peace. I accept that there are separate bandis and people go to certain programs or Gurdwaras because they're familiar with the Sangat. They go where they receive peace. That to me is not a big deal. Because in the end, the underlying goal of every group or bandi or Sangat is to do Kirtan, to recite Gurbani and to follow the Guru. We all bow down to the same Guru. We all offer our heads to the Punj. And Sikhs all have the same purpose in life. That unites us all. However, I do believe that every Sikh should have an obligation to the Sikh p'anth as a whole. Jathe hit bandis are not detrimental to the Sikh p'anth as long as our underlying goal is the same. It's when we start competing each other, when we start bashing each other. That doesn't fulfill our obligation to the Sikh bond That does not fulfill our obligation to the Guru. We need leaders who follow the Guru. If you follow the Guru, that guidance would lead you, and others will want to follow you onto the path of the Guru. You will want, to, want them to follow you on that path to the Guru, not to follow you. Let's take a little detour into Sikh history. We had a great video presentation that talked about sikh readers from our past. The first example that comes to my mind is Bhailana I'm sure a majority of you know this Sakhi, but it's never a bad thing to delve into the history of our gurus, regardless of how familiar we are with it. Bhailana was the most devoted follower of Guru Nanak Dev Ji. He goes down in history for his obedience to Guru Saab. And the many sakhis about Pailanaji teach us that the obedience to the Guru is the first step onto the path to God. Baisav did extensive seva in the Guru's kitchen, in the Guru's fields, wherever it was called for. He would perform tasks that Guru Nanak Devji's own sons would not perform. For example, Guru Sav dropped a cup while bathing. He dropped it into a quite a deep, muddy pit. Gusav's own sons his oldest son was there, refused to retrieve, retrieve the cup for him. Guru Saad called over Pailana Ji and Pailana was more than willing to do this seva. As you all know, because of his obedience, his desire to follow the Guru anywhere and everywhere, his humble spirit and his eradication of ego. Pailana Ji went on to become our second Guru, Guru Anga Tevji. Guru Saad was a true follower. This faith led to the path of God. That is why we're on this earth, to be on that path to God, to Rahiguru. We're not here to become popular. It's a great service for the Panth, don't get me wrong. It's a great service for the Panth if a Sikh were to be the Prime Minister or a Sikh were to be the President of the United States. But these leaderships should be taken on by a Sikh who puts his spiritual goals first. Prime ministerships and presidencies come and go. Goodwine tells us that. Our goal is to follow the Guru so we can be one with Vahiguru. And we can serve the Panth while, for, while in, in these other positions. Another example of one of our greatest leaders is Guru Gobind Singhji. He led his Gursiks into battle for freedom, for survival, and for justice. Under his guidance, his sons gave their lives for Sikhi. He was undefeated and a true. Great Sikh leader. In the end, Guruji demonstrated that he too is a follower, a disciple of Ahiguru. His act of humility is one that points us towards the direction we should be heading in today. After asking for the heads of the five Sikhs, preparing Amrit and administering Khandadipal to the Panj, and leading the creation of the Kaal Sapan. Guru Sahib knelt in front of the sponge that he had created, offered his head and received Amrit. Vala Govind Singh Ape Garchella Guru Govind Singh became the disciple. If Guru Sahib had not done that, his followers would not ask him, Guru Sahib, why aren't you taking Amrit? Shouldn't you be doing this? His act simply shows that we are all disciples. If Guru Sahib was willing to offer his head, and become a disciple, a follower, then what makes us think that we can become leaders and not have to follow? Guru Ram Das Ji writes, You yourself are the Guru, and you yourself are the Chela, the disciple. Through the Guru, I meditate on you. This book illustrates that in Sikhi there is no hierarchy, no one is a leader. We're all followers of the Guru so that we can meditate on Vaiguru. And I say this again and again because I think this point really needs to be driven to our youth today. Our goal in leading should be bringing others onto that path. Sikh history is rich with examples of leaders, of revolutionaries who had amazing characters and truly followed the teachings of the Guru. Some of these examples include Paikneyaji, who did seva and offered water to the wounded enemy forces. The other saints took him to Guru Sahib to complain of his service to the enemy forces. Guru Sahib ended up praising Paikaneyaji for his service. Today, Sikhs are encouraged to tend the wounded to help the unfortunate Paikneyaji set that path. This principle stems from his service and the example he set. He led the Sikh Bandh onto a path that applied the teachings of the Gurus to everyday life. Another example is that of all the Shaheeds, some of them we covered in the video presentation, but all the Shaheeds that colored the pages of Sikh history books today. These Shaheeds gave up their lives to uphold the Guru's teachings. Finally, I'm going to revisit an example that was also talked about in the video presentation it's of Nawab Kabur Singh. Bhai Singh memorized and recited Gurbani, Netanim was trained in the martial arts and he took Amrit in 1721. His primary seva was to clean up after the Singh's horses. He fed them, he groomed them, and he cleaned out their stalls. When the governor of Punjab offered the Navab to the Singh's, the Khalsa Panth accepted it in the name of Nawab Khabur Singh. He accepted it on one condition, that he be allowed to continue to take care of and clean up after the Singh's horses, even after he was offered this option He did not think himself above the seva of cleaning up after horses. He followed the Guru's path of humility, modesty, and service to others, and did not let the power corrupt him. He used it to serve the Sikh fund, and did not even think of using the leadership for his own gain. And now I want to bring you back to today. Some argue, I've heard this before, that it is impossible to follow in the footsteps of our Gurus. If not impossible, then at least it's very difficult. It is difficult. I'm not saying it's an easy thing. It sounds easy, but it's not. No one said Sikhi was easy. I hear things like, this is the time of Galjo. Such humility and seva and disregard of ego is not possible. It's very difficult to be that kind of follower. Or it's very difficult to completely regard oneself and put everyone else before me. Or we need to change with the times. These days the only way we're going to get ahead is with political power or economic power. We'll return to the path of Sikhi once we attain that power. I want to give you two examples of Gursiks today who have performed seva with humility Followed on the path Guru Sab has laid down for us and in the process have come to be seen as sick leadership, a great sick leaders, even though they were not after leadership. They did not seek out a leadership, they did not seek out a following. It's through their Seva and jivan that they are viewed as leaders. The first is of Faisab by Jeevan Sanji. I suspect many of you have had the opportunity to be in the company of Faisab. People such as my parents, my parents' friends, my friends' parents, were introduced to Sikhi because of Faisabh. However, unlike the Sons of today, who create a following for themselves, Faisabh has never once asked anyone to follow him, and he's never asked anything in return for his seva. Through reciting Gurbani, through his humility, and his love for Guru Saab, He's turned those that initially follow him into followers of Guru Sahib. I've witnessed some people telling Bhai you're making this mistake. You're doing this wrong. And instead of responding in anger or with with pride, Paisa simply bows his head. And literally, literally I've heard him say this, you're right, my head does not even deserve to touch the dust on your feet. Place your feet on my head and forgive me. Ask yourself, is that your reaction to criticism? Mm -hmm. Personally, I can say that mine is nowhere near as pleasant or as humble as that. The second Gursikh I want to talk to you about, Faipa Jinder Singh already gave a great tribute to Faipa Minder Singh, who was tragically taken from us last year. Many of the sick youth felt that loss, and are still still struggling to cope with it. I didn't know him personally, but I saw him regularly at the Gurdwara's doing seva. I recall the first time I saw him, I was probably about 13 years old. I didn't know who he was, but he used to come to the Gurdwara sub regularly. He'd be there at 5.30 when Asadivar started. He performed Torah seva. He performed big seva, and he'd do seva in the shoe room. He'd do seva in the kitchen. And what always amazed me, and I actually didn't come to realize until after his passing, was that he came alone. My parents dragged me out of bed to go to Asa Divas. And today I go willingly. But I remember when I was 13. And he came alone. He did not come with his parents. And for many years, I quietly saw him just going about doing his seva. I never saw him talking, I never saw him socializing in the gurdwara. I've heard of many Sikh youth who've been inspired by his discussions, his seva and his humility. And I saw it taking place, even though I didn't know him personally. He was a great Sikh youth leader because he was one of the best youth followers I have personally seen. He practiced what he preached. The youth listened to him because there was substance to what he was saying. He believed what he was saying. He practiced what he was saying. He was directing the youth to follow the Guru. To get on the right path, not to follow him. So you see, it's not impossible to be a follower. It's the era of Galjog, sure, but that's not an excuse. Focus on following the Guru. And leadership, the sick leadership qualities, will emerge themselves. Finally, I want to turn to Gurdwani. I've said this before: Sikhi is not going to flourish by gaining political and economic power. These things are these things are positive. It's awesome to have a sick world leader, but without the spiritual life, it's of no use to our true purpose. Our history teaches us that. Six have been outnumbered, they've been outcast, they've been tortured, they've been lied to, and still they've emerged as a very powerful force in all realms. We are all aware of the famous quote by Lord Acton, power tends to corrupt, absolute power corrupts absolutely. This is because of ego, pride, and the hunger for more power. All of these things distort a leader's vision fine, there's a problem of unity in our Paanth. But Jathe have been around since the beginning. They were around in our Guru Sab's time. They're there now. The real problem lies in not letting go of our egos. Not working together for the betterment of the Sikh Paanth. Gurbani points to the condition of our world leaders. Let me give you a few examples. Guru Nanak Dev Ji writes, gur bul, gur bul murdar khai, avri this translates to telling lies they eat dead bodies, and yet they go out to teach others. They are deceived and they deceive their companions. O Nanak, such are the leaders of men. Another book of Guru Nanak Dev Ji states, Apna budja lof vajai aisa hoa. I do not understand myself and yet I try to teach others, such is the guide I am. This is the state of our world leaders today. What is it that these leaders don't understand? They don't understand the true purpose of our being. How are they supposed to explain it to others when they don't understand it themselves? A leader who can't explain that to his followers, why we're here, that we're here to be on the path of Vayigru, That leader is not a true Sikh leader. At the beginning, I mentioned that we're repeating the mistakes of our past. Our leaders, some of our Sikh leaders, have used their positions to be self-serving, to gain more power and to gain more popularity. They have been bought out and tricked into taking positions that have been detrimental to the Sikh funds. One of the most prominent examples of this is when the partition of India took place. The Sixth fund was offered a land to call its own and our leaders gave it up at the promise of more power within the existing country. That was a self-serving act, that was not an act that served our fund. We see this going on among us today. Amongst a lot of positive things, a lot of negative things are going on also. There's fighting going on amongst Gordovaras, amongst Gordovara committees of the same Godavara's amongst Jathe Bandis, and now amongst youth groups. It's gotten to the point that it's hard to find two Sikhs standing together who are truly united. We need to learn what unites us. Even if we have differing opinions or belong to different Jathe Bandis, we can't follow in the footsteps of those leaders that made mistakes in the past. We can't let ego and pride get in the way of decisions that affect the whole fund. The Western concept of leadership has corrupted our vision and gotten in the way of us realizing that the true of us realizing the true reason of us being in this world. The answer to breaking the cycle of this infighting, power struggles and ego struggles is to remember what I've said throughout this whole speech that we're all followers of the Guru. And our ultimate goal is to get on that path to Vaheguru, through the Guru. None of us are leaders. Such a hierarchical system does not exist in Sikhi. Those of us who emerge as true Sikh leaders, as defined earlier, don't have aspirations to gain power. We don't use it for our own interests. They merely see themselves as followers of the Guru. Since our true, all-powerful leader is the Guru. And these leaders inspire us and others to join them in their quest to do the Guru's bidding. These are the type of gursiks our generations need to produce. If we can remain followers of the Guru, then we're on the right path. As Guru Ram Dashi says, Jina Sas Grasna Visra se pure karmi tin ki sangat paiman. Those who do not forget the Lord with each and every breath and morsel of food are the perfect and the famous people. By His grace, they find the true Guru. Night and day, they meditate. I join the society of those persons. And in doing so, I am honored in the court of the Lord. Our aim should be to be in the company of these types of gursiks and to lead others onto this Gurmath path. This is the one and only true goal of a Sikh leader. And finally, following the Guru makes one into a leader. Guru Arjun Dev Ji writes, Jis naam ridaat soivad raja, jis naam ridaat pure kaja, jis naam ridaat tin kotha paaye naam vina janam virtha jaaye." He alone is a great king who keeps the naam. The name of the Lord within his heart. One who keeps the naam in his heart, his task are perfectly accomplished. One who keeps the name in his heart obtains millions of treasures. Without the Nam, life is useless. There are many leaders according to the Western definition of a leader, but only those who follow Gurmat are true Sikh leaders. As Sikh youth, we need to follow, we need to focus on becoming followers of the Guru before we think about leading. Why did he call Why did he you...